Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome back to another week of Discover North Korea. For the next hour you will be here with me, Zoe from Zoe Discovers, and we are going to chat about a pretty fun topic, um, where can you actually go in North Korea? Um, so this was basically inspired by one of your questions which was, what tour do you recommend once North Korea is open? Now, the borders to North Korea are still very much closed, but things are starting to look promising over the past few weeks, I suppose, with China kind of opening up. So, you know, maybe it's too positive to say, but I'm hoping that maybe we can go back next year, guys. So, um, for a little bit of inspiration, I wanted to chat today about, um, you know, where you can go to in North Korea, because most people think, hey, it's just Pyongyang, but there is so much more. So much more that basically like when I was writing the kind of script for this I mean I don't actually have a script but I have like some little pointers that I use when I was writing that um I was like man I don't know if I can do all of this in one podcast episode so I'm still going to try and keep it around an hour um I won't go into too much detail um into each of the cities and stuff like that but I'm basically going to divide it into sections of um the country in terms of pretty much like northeast, south and west, where you can visit and a little bit of what you can do there. But I will then record another episode, uh, another several episodes over the next few months, I suppose, um, about going into these individual cities and into these individual areas so we can explore them some more. Because honestly, there is so much to do in North Korea. I've been in and out almost 30 times and I feel like I have barely scratched the surface. Like, I've been around Pyongyang a lot and I guess there are some places that I visit more than others. For example, the DMZ, stuff like that, that I feel like, okay, yeah, I've <laughs> I've seen this now. Like, this feels nice and normal to me. Um, but there are so many, so many, so many, so many places that I would love to visit that I haven't visited yet or some places that I would love to return to. So we're going to cover all of that in today's episode. Before we get stuck in though, 
I want to say a big thank you uh, for coming back. This is episode seven. Yep, episode seven. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks for joining me again. Last time we chatted about... If you do, as always, if you do have any guest recommendations for the podcast, any questions, any comments, anything like that, then please do email me on zoediscovers at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can contact me on Instagram at zoediscovers or at zoediscoversnk. You can also find me on Facebook and TikTok, but I don't really reply there. So yeah, if you want to get in touch, Instagram or email. Now, if you are listening in order, if you came here from the last episode, we were chatting about, like, getting into North Korea, right? Um, We were chatting about whether to take the plane, whether to take the train, and also just what this experience is like. And I would recommend, I don't know, to give you a bit of context, I would recommend going and listening to that first, because it kind of flows nicely, you know, first we were talking about getting into North Korea, um, and how the best ways to do that, what that's like, and then now we're going to chat about life inside North Korea, what it's like, where you can go, and also a little bit of travel around the country. I do, however, want to start off with an anecdote that I missed out last week, because um, I've been in, in and out of North Korea a lot, like I've taken that trip you know, around like 50 times, more than 50 times, because you're going inside and then outside again, right? So I have a lot of stories from there, and I tried to save like the best stories for the podcast last week, but I do have one more story that I kind of missed off, um, which I thought I would start with today. So when you enter North Korea, right, I didn't actually say this, but usually what happens is when you enter in by the train, you go from Beijing to Dandong. We covered that, right? And then from Dandong in China, you go into Sinuiju, again, by the train. Now, what can happen here sometimes is that during this transfer, so you get off the train in Dandong, and then you need to buy a new ticket from Dandong to Pyongyang. Basically, like, from Sinuiju to Pyongyang, actually. Um, No, from Dandong to Pyongyang. But what can happen sometimes if you don't buy the tickets in time, or, you know, if it's a really, really popular time to go over to North Korea, for example, during a Chinese holiday when a lot of Chinese people are going, then some tickets can sell out, right? So one time when I was heading in for May Day, which is a very popular time, the ticket from Dandong to Sinuiji had sold out. This is problematic because that's a pretty crucial part to getting into North Korea. However, there is another option. You can choose to drive over this border because there is a bridge. Obviously, there's a, you know, there's a bridge that takes you over the train. The border cutting up uh, Dandong in China and Sinuiju in North Korea is just, it's, it's a river. You know, it's kind of a, like a natural land border. There is a bridge that goes over this and the train usually goes over the bridge, but there's also a road that you can drive over. This is also used for things like imports and exports and stuff like that. Lots of trucks and stuff going over. So, um, I've only done this once and man, I probably won't be repeating it. It's one of those that's um, a pretty special accident, a pretty unique experience. So basically, um, we got the bus over from Dandong to Sinuiju. Now, there's nothing exciting about that, except there were so many cars and buses and trucks going over that bridge when like the crossing kind of opened basically um after we got to Dandong we went straight to the bus um we were held up in such a queue that we missed the train so basically we were stuck in 
Sinuiju. Um, actually, it was me and two. Uh, it was me and another tour group. So there was about like I don't know, maybe maybe thirty or forty of us in total. And uh, yeah, we 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 missed the train. We were stuck in Sinuiju. And and basically, what had happened was the guides who were coming up. Um, who we usually meet in Pyongyang, they knew that we were getting the bus. So they'd come up all the way to Sinuiju to basically kind of make sure that we get on the bus and then on the train, okay? Obviously, that didn't happen. So thank God we had the guides already with us because I don't know what would have happened. I think there has to be, there's a bit more of a rigorous customs check as you're leaving China um, when you get the bus. Either way, it really held us up and we were like literally like sprinting through trying to get through this customs check and stuff like that. Man, like we so nearly got it. But anyway, we missed the train and the guides were there. So that was all fine. Uh, and then it was a kind of case of, okay, what do we do? Do we stay here in Sinuiju for one night? Um, do we, you know, what are we going to do? In the end, we basically got the bus down. So we drove all the way down from Sinuiju, like kind of northwest of North Korea, not like not like super north. Um have a look on a map. Uh it's kind of more in the middle, I guess. Anyway, it's west, it borders to China. Um and we had to drive all the way from there to Pyongyang. Now, this was not going to be such of a big deal because actually the train is super slow. And we were under the impression that we actually might get there quicker than the train because, you know, like the 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 train goes ridiculously slow. Um, so we thought it was a good thing. So we left at about must have been what was the time about now? Early morning, um, maybe about ten or eleven by the time that we actually started to set off because this was all unplanned and stuff. So we had to spend like a couple of hours, um, you know, sorting out stuff. Um, the guides quickly, like, because there's an, there's an office, like, there's their tourist office, the KITC office, they also have one in Sinuiju, so this is how we were able to, like, get the buses and get everything planned and stuff like that, because we needed then tourist buses, right? Like, you can't, we couldn't just, like, get a bus out of nowhere, so we got the buses together, and then for about, like, 40 people, and then we got, um, also everyone's meals and stuff together, because, like I said, it was, like, maybe 10 or 11, I really can't remember, um, and so people would start to be getting hungry soon, so we got packed lunches ready for everyone, and we must have set off around 11 o'clock, even though we kind of started early in the morning, but by the time we got all this together. So, anyway, um, we then started our journey, driving through really unseen areas of North Korea. Honestly, one of the most random experiences I ever had, it was all fun and games, um, until, yeah, it took about, like, 10 hours or 11 hours in the end. That was not cool. Uh, <laughs> we were absolutely knackered. Everyone was knackered by the time we got back to Pyongyang. And then also we still had to have dinner. Um, yeah, that turned out to be a bit of a mess. But the experience along the way, I would say looking back, like, it didn't feel at the time we were so tired at the time, but I would say looking back, it was such a fun experience and really, really unique. I don't know if the tourists, like, really appreciated it because they were probably really tired and really hungry and probably a bit pissed off. I don't know. I, however, was like, yeah, that was a super cool experience. At least looking back now, I definitely am like, that's a cool experience because you really don't get to see some of these areas. We drove through some random, random places, um, the reason it took so long is because a few of the roads were closed off that would have been, um, you know, quicker. There were so many roads that were just in pieces. 
Um, we drove through rivers, like flooded, flooded roads that like, I really was like, this bus is not built to go through this. Um, so, you know, when people tell me that, you know, they only let you see what you want to see, of course, like I have seen, um, beautiful buildings in Pyongyang, but then I also travel through the countryside and see some stuff. Like those are the real hardcore areas of North Korea. Of course they exist. Um, but you know, there's, it would be strange to take a tour group there because there's nothing there. Um, you can see some areas like this when you're traveling down to the DMZ or like traveling to some more undiscovered areas or like, you know, some less, least visited areas, um, more in like countryside towns and stuff, which you can go to. Um, and when you go to these areas, you might see some, some roads like this or some, you know, just, just countryside, just nothingness. Um, but it would be strange to, you know, take a tour group here. So this is another reason why you don't get to see these areas so much, just because why would we bring you there deliberately? Um, but yeah, no, that it was rough. And, um, you know, when it started to get night, this is one of the weirdest experiences I've ever had. Like, you know, when just something like irks you and you're just like, what is happening here? Um, was about like 9 or 10 p.m. at night. Maybe not that late. Maybe it was definitely dark, like very dark. So maybe anytime between 7 and 10 as we were heading into still driving to Pyongyang. And I just remember like we were taking a pee break because, you know, 10 hours on a bus, uh, there's no toilet. You definitely need a wee. And like, two big tourist buses stop in the middle of a random country road in North Korea and you know everyone gets out and then starts to find a safe place to pee and I look around me and there's like there's just people standing everywhere like Koreans and I, I'm not just saying that like it wasn't like we stopped in an area that was like people were standing around like watching us minding us like as we'd been driving down the road for the past like half an hour or whatever, I'd noticed that there were like people lining the street, like, and not like tons of people, just every so often you'd see like a person or a few people. And I'm like, what are they doing? Um, and then when we got out of this tourist bus, like everyone's going to pee in like the bushes and stuff, like no one seems to care. And I'm like, how often, like, this is probably like between like, I don't know, five and 20, I really can't remember. Just like people dotted along the side of the road, right? But, like, they didn't care that the, like, just random two massive tourist buses just got out and, like, tons of tourists are just now peeing in the bushes. Like, everyone was just standing there doing their own thing. Um, I have no idea what they were doing. Were they waiting for someone? Were they waiting for a lift? Were they waiting for... I don't know. Were they just chilling? Um, it's just one of those things that I, I guess I'll never know. And also one of those things that, like, adds mystery to it, but it could also be something terribly mundane um and like that's that's you know that describes that sums up a lot about North Korea some of these things like you have no idea why people are acting like that but it might just be for the most normal normal reason like you know maybe they're trying to hail a cab or something um but at the same time you know it could be some kind of interesting reason uh, reasons maybe they're like waiting um to meet up with people in the dark of night and stuff like that you, you just never know um but it adds mystery to it because it's north korea but anyway hey um so in the end we got to pyongyang um very tired and carried on the rest of the tour but that was just a little bit of an anecdote. I think I chatted way too long for that. Um, it was good fun. But now let's get into the proper stuff. Um, we're going to talk about 
what you can do, where you can see, and uh, and all those things in North Korea. There's honestly the pop possibilities are endless from kayaking on the Taedong Gang, which um, me and Mr. Lee did in summer 2019, good fun but very tiring, um, to, you know, things like going across the whole country on the train, not on the bus, would not recommend that. Firstly, um, I'm going to kind of break this down into two sections. Um, I'm going to go over like the types of tours that you can go on because there's like a bunch of like different types of tours that you can do. Um, and then uh, we're going to chat to like about where you can go. Um, so you guys know that when you go to North Korea, you have to go on a group tour, right? This is like the general thing that everyone does, but there is also an option to go on a private tour. Um, this basically gives you more choice. You can make your own itinerary. Um, it's way more expensive, but you have a lot more flexibility. It's way more expensive because basically it's just you and two guides. So you have a lot more expenses, um, you know, in contrast to like a tour of like 20 or 10 people, um, for two guides, right? Um, but with the private tour, you're not usually accompanied by a Western guide. So like, i.e. like me, um, it, it will just be you and the North Koreans. And like, that's fine, you know, you might prefer it like that, but um, that's just what you get with the private tour. You can basically like use your use an itinerary from a different tour that you've seen. Maybe you want a private tour because you don't like group tours. Maybe you want one because you don't like chatting to other people. I can relate, don't worry. Um, or maybe you want one because the dates don't fit, um, but you do actually like the look of another itinerary. Or also maybe you want a private tour because you want like you like certain things, you've seen something and you're like, I want to go there. And it's not usually on the tourist, like groups itineraries. Maybe it's a bit more specialized. We'll talk about specialized tours in a minute. But yeah, so um, that's private tours. Um, special, specialized tours, um, I'll just chat about it now. Specialized tours are um, basically like, if you have something like that you are particularly interested in, um, I mean, we usually put on specialized tours um, when there is like some event on or something like for example like if you really like football then maybe there's like a big football match on then we might put on um, a football tour or a mass games tour or something like that if the mass games are on and these are kind of the more specialized tours Um, you're going there for a specific reason but also within these tours you will then see a lot of the main sites and stuff like that depending on what it is um, there may also be things like photography tours um and also you can like request these tours right especially if there's a group of you then it's a lot cheaper like maybe you're a group of photographers you're a group of architects or something and you want to like experience um north korea from this area from this aspect um you know we can kind of make that happen so do like a photography tour um do like um, a film tour and stuff like that. Anything from producing a documentary to also, you know, just filming a vlog and maybe you want to go to spe specific areas to do that. Um, these things, again, will will come under the category generally of, like, a private tour, right? But sometimes um, we do put them on, like, maybe, like, once a year or something. There might be, like, an architecture tour, a photography tour or something like that. But, you know, it has to fit in with your itinerary. Um, so... You know, you can also do things like study in North Korea for a month. You can, you know, do like a food tour. There's so much. Um, if you have like a niche that you like, like, I don't know, maybe you're a golfer or something like that, you can like contact Korea Tours, contact me, whatever, and just be like, hey, can you, you know, I really like trains. Um, can you put something together for me? Um, I'll send you to visit the train museum, stuff like that, or... 
you know, um, yeah, we can specialize itineraries for people with like a niche that they want to that they want to follow. The next type of tour is like a holiday tour. And basically, this is just like my categorization, um, just to make it simple. And this is not like how North Korea tour companies or like Western tour companies categorize stuff generally. Um, I just kind of tried to make sense of it in my head. So it makes sense for you guys. Um, so yeah, the next one is like a holiday tour, right? Which is um, based around the North Korea holidays. So that would be like things like May Day, Liberation Day, National Day. And whilst these holidays are only f generally for one day, I mean, there are some holidays like the Day of the Sun, Kim Il-sung's birthday that goes over several days. But whilst these um, are usually um, just one day, it means that um, you're going around a time that's like going to be really exciting in North Korea. Um, it is just one day though, but like you'll spend the day, um, you know, taking part in celebrations in Pyongyang. Maybe you'll go to the um, park and dance with the locals, um, you know, have a barbecue in the park. Maybe you'll do some mass dancing, stuff like that. So you get to join in the celebrations. And I really like the holiday tours because it's just really nice time to be in North Korea when you can like see the locals like out having fun and just chilling and like, you know, it just gives you the opportunity to to mingle with them and and see what life there is like on a national holiday. It's really nice and I'd really recommend it if you can to join a holiday tour. The only like downside to them is is they're usually really popular. So um I mean the tour groups in Korea tours are limited to a certain number. So it's never your tour group is never going to be too massive. But um, you know, sometimes our tour groups like are smaller. Um, and that's usually on the less popular tours. So if, you know, if you come on one of these big popular tours, the chances are is the, the tour group is going to be full. There's going to be a lot of people. It's going to be hectic, but it's good fun. And these are the kind of tours that I don't know if you guys have seen the Michael Palin in North Korea. Is it Michael Palin in North Korea, Michael Palin in Pyongyang? I think it's Michael Palin in North Korea. Don't know if you've seen that documentary, but um, that's a Koryo Tours production. Uh, really, really good. They they took him in. I mean, it's like a BBC. I think it's BBC. Uh, Koryo Tours took him in there. Um, and um, <laughs> that was a really bizarre experience because I was actually not working for Koryo Tours at the time. I was working for YPT. Um, and I remember going into North Korea. So I was in North Korea with YPT instead. Um, and uh, my not my guide, but a guide who I knew, um, basically was like, hey, because uh, we were all in like um, one of the parks, like kind of celebrating together, um, like all the tourists and stuff. Um, and one of my, the guides that I knew came up to me and was like, hey, do you know this guy, Zoe? And like pointed to Michael Palin. And I was like, um, yes, what on earth is he doing here? Like, you know, of all the people, you just don't expect to run into Michael Palin in North Korea. Um, anyway, uh, so Michael Palin went in, uh, you know, with one of these specialized tours with North Korea, like a filming documentary tour. Um, and he went on May Day, which is my absolute favorite holiday. That's my favorite holiday because it's a great time of the year to visit North Korea. It's not too hot, not too cold. Um, it's just a really fun holiday. So, um, yeah, that would be my selection of that. The next one is a budget tour. So these are basically shorter tours. Um, maybe you'll have some kind of different accommodation, a little bit cheaper. Um, you'll be going in on the train. Maybe it won't give you the option to go in on the plane. Um, yeah, they're basically like really short tours. Um, and yeah, maybe just like things are just a bit cheaper, the hotels, stuff like that. 
Um, the next one is a Pyongyang Marathon tour. Actually, the most tourists that go into North Korea are for the Pyongyang Marathon. If there was no Pyongyang Marathon, then it would have like maybe a thousand foreign tourists less that go annually because it brings in like a lot of people. Um, it's it's a great experience. Like I totally understand why people want to run it, but also you get like people going to just do the marathon, right? Not not too interested in North Korea, but think like, hey, North Korea would be cool. I'm going to do a marathon there, right? You attract a lot of runners. Um, so there are specific tours. There's so many different tours for Pyongyang Marathon, um, like ranging from like, you know, just a quick go for the marathon and then back out again, um, kind of, you know, two or three day tours, um, stuff like that. And then like to kind of categorize the things further, um, you have like different lengths, right? So you've got short tours, mid-length tours, which are kind of like your average tour, or a long tour, right? So your short tour will be generally like two to four nights. Um, honestly, there are some tour companies that offer like just one night or two nights in North Korea. And I would really say like, it's too short, you know? Like you've got to think, the first day is just travel. You get into Pyongyang, regardless of whether you get the plane or the um, train, you get into Pyongyang at about like 5pm, you go and you have dinner and then you're gonna like, um, you just settle in and stuff and you really haven't seen much. So that's one night already. If you only stay for one night or two nights, like you really get, don't, do not even scratch the surface at all. Um, and many people still come out with the perception of like, oh yeah, it's all fake, stuff like that. So yeah, generally you need at least three or four nights. Um, and that's what the short tours offer. Within this, you might get to see things like, for example, um, you see the main sites in Pyongyang, and then you'll also go down to the DMZ. And that takes up a whole day, by the way. So if you are staying for, um, you know, just two nights, there is no way that you can see the DMZ because it, that takes a whole day. That's a whole day trip. Um, so if you want to go to the DMZ, it has to be at least three nights. Um, maybe you will also sleep at one different location, maybe at Kaesong, which is like basically 10 minutes away from the DMZ. So that might include that. But yeah, the, the short tours really only include the main sites in Pyongyang and the DMZ, uh, North and South Korea border area. The mid-length tours or like average tours are anything between like, I would say five and eight nights. Obviously it kind of depends, but that's what I kind of categorize personally as a as your average tour. Um, within these tours, you'll see um, a lot of the main sites of Pyongyang. Maybe you'll have time to explore some like other locations or like be a bit more chilled in your itinerary. Like you can go to a bar, go to a coffee shop, um, you know, maybe see some extra like sites, museums, go for walks, stuff like that. Um, you'll then also go to the DMZ and maybe spend a night at the DMZ. Like we were saying before, you don't actually stay at the DMZ, but you stay in Kaesong, which is the closest city to the DMZ. And you might also spend some nights somewhere else as well. So depending how long you're staying and stuff, you might spend, you know, I don't know, like 50 to 70% of your time staying in Pyongyang, but the rest of your time you're staying in different locations. Um, with a five to eight night tour, you'll have time to stay um, and explore other cities. Maybe another city, or two other cities. Um, you could go along the east coast and we're going to experience that. We're going to talk about that in a minute, um, in which case you could stay um, at two or three more cities. You could go to down to Nampo. You could go to... Um, yeah, there, there's actually so many other things. So it really opens things out. If you stay for like the average length tour, you really get a lot more opportunity to see a lot more places. Um, things are a lot more chilled. I would really recommend spending that extra money 
spending that extra time staying at least for five nights because you do get a lot more out of your experience. The long tour then is for people who like really want to you know spend spend more time in North Korea and um, see more of the country and um, you know get a get a deeper insight. So the long tour would be anything between, for example, like 9 to 12 nights is your average long tour, I suppose. And within that, you get all of the same things as, you know, your mid-length or average tour and your short tour. So you see Pyongyang, all the main sites, the DMZ, stay in Kaesong. Um, you know, you'll also spend, you know, you'll have a lot more time in Pyongyang as well. So you can see um, some more sites. You can get familiar with the city. Um, but then this time, you might even have the opportunity to go further afield. Maybe you could take like an internal flight and go to the northeast. You could see Mount Pekdu, you could see Mount Chilbo, something like that. Um, or it could encompass like everything apart from the northeast. Like, for example, you could go to um, to the east coast, Hamhung, Wonsan. Um, you could go and see the Masikryong Ski Resort. Um, I'm missing one on the east coast. What's it called? Uh... Oh, Mount Kumgang, you could go hiking in Mount Kumgang. Uh, we'll chat about that in a minute. You could then also go to Nampo. Um, you could also go to, um, you know, Sariwon. Uh, also go to Mount Myohyang, Pyongsong. Um, there's so many different places that you could go to. So again, like, the long tour gives you way more chance to really get on board with the country and experience a lot more. Um, and then, for the real adventurers, you could go on something that Choreo Tours offers called the Mega Tour. And I did that in 2019. Absolutely incredible experience. You basically go everywhere that you can in North Korea. And to be honest, actually not everywhere because, like... The mega tour is like 24 nights. It's pretty much like just less than a month. It's like a few weeks long. But still, even if you go on this tour, there is obviously so much more to explore. Like you can never explore the, you know, a whole country in less than a month, right? It takes like, it takes so long to explore the whole thing. Um, but, you know, the mega tour provides the best insight that you pretty much can get to North Korea. Like even better than if you were staying on a month-long language program, it wouldn't offer the same because the Megator is all about travel and it's tiring, you know, you are literally traveling three weeks, you take internal flights, um, you're traveling a lot on the bus, you go northeast, southwest, basically all of the best spots that you can see within this time and some of the least seen spots as well. Um, you go to some really remote locations, it's a very cool tour, if you have the time, if you have the money, oh, honestly, it's, it's, um, it's a really unique experience. And I just want to say as well, like, um, you know, the tour that you pick, like, if you're after, like, knowing which tour you should pick, every tour suits everyone individually differently, right? It depends what you're looking for, um, length, price, stuff like that. Also, every tour company does them differently. Obviously, I think that Korea Tours is the best tour company, um, and they have really extensive itineraries. You really get a lot for your money, um, so I'd really and they've been working there the longest, right? So you know, if you have time, like all the webs, um, all the tours are up on the website for twenty twenty three and also twenty twenty four. So um, just have a look, uh, browse through. If you have any questions, you know, feel free to give them or me an email. But um, that is the biggest insight you can get into the different types of tours, right? So now we're going to talk about where you can go. I threw in a few names before and you're probably a bit like lost, like what, what did you just say? Um, so 
Um, I am going to go over those names that I threw in um, and talk about a few places that I didn't. Um, so a few years ago, when I first started working at Choreo Tours, I kind of put together what I think is a really cool feature on the website, which is basically um, the biggest and most comprehensive collection of travel guides on North Korea and the most up to date. Feel free to have a look at these travel guides because this is basically um, what I am going to go through today. It's it's kind of like an area on the website where you pick your area of North Korea and then you can click into it and then it takes you um, and then it's like organized to see like the bars in that area, the restaurants in that area, the hotels, the attractions and stuff like that. So like you can kind of get lost in there and have a play around with it. Um, but that's basically what I'm using as a guide today to go through. Um, these areas that you can visit in North Korea. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. So... Would definitely recommend having a look. You can find it in the travel guide section on the Courier Tours website, which is couriergroup.com. So, firstly, Pyongyang. You all know about Pyongyang. I am not going to spend too much time on this. There's tons to explore. It's not just the monuments and museums and art galleries and schools. There's also spas, shooting ranges, coffee shops, loads to do. I have been so many times, but I am very far from having done it all. Um, it's, you know, architectural-wise, it's a very cool city. Just cool to stroll around and experience as well. Um, so that's Pyongyang, but your trip in North Korea will be so much more than Pyongyang, even if you just stay for a couple of days. Um, but obviously, if you stay for much longer, it will be a lot less Pyongyang and a lot more about the countryside and the different cities. So the first one and the the one of the biggest name drops that I had before is the DMZ and Kaesong. So um, you drive all the way down on um, the reunification highway from Pyongyang to the DMZ. Um, this takes pretty much like it's like a whole day trip. There and back. On the way, you stop off at a rest stop. Actually, um, I did an Instagram post the other day, inadvertently. Um, I took a picture of like five of the male guides um, chilling on the stairs of the, um, of the rest stop on the reunification highway. And it looks like a band cover. And I, I captioned the photo and I said like, can anyone help me think of a name for this band cover? Um, and then I, I pinned the location as the rest stop, as rest stop on reunification highway and then i realized i inadvertently made the best album name rest stop on reunification highway love it if anyone has the music to go with that let me know because i've got that album artwork and the name covered um so on the way to the dmz not all the way down to the southern border border 
you um, can come to a town called Kaesong, um, and Kaesong is a very cool town. It's um, like the ancient capital of um, Korea during the Koryo dynasty. Um, during the division of Korea in 1945, it was also um, part of the South. It was a South Korean city. Um, but then the territory changed hands during the Korean War, and then Kaesong became the southernmost major city in North Korea. So due to this like really unique situation, it escaped the heavy carpet bombing, um, which destroyed most of the cities in North Korea. So it leads so it leaves a lot of like traditional um, buildings and stuff like that. It's really interesting to just kind of have a, a walk around. If you stay there overnight, you can stay in a traditional Korean hotel with like heated floors and you sleep on the floor and stuff like that. I have a video on YouTube. It's called the Minsok Hotel. Very cool. Um, other things you can do in Kaesong also include the Koryo Museum, which is a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Um, a former Confucian school and now a museum of the Koryo dynasty, um, exhibiting various historical artifacts, statues, pagodas, and porcelain from that area. There's also a tomb that you can visit, um, which is another world heritage site. Um, this is a tomb of the 31st king of the Koryo dynasty. Um, and there's various other stuff that you can do in Kaesong that we won't go into detail today, but um, I will definitely do an episode on it. So that is the Kaesong and DMZ area, and um, that is pretty much south of Pyongyang and almost at the South Korean border, just to give you some reference. Feel free to have a map in front of you whilst you listen to this. Next up, we've got the East Coast, which is one of my favourite places to visit in North Korea, I think. Um, it's not too far away from Pyongyang, um, it's not too difficult to get to, and it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. So I would definitely say, like, Outside of Pyongyang, it's one of the best and easiest places to get to um, because it just gives so much. And there's also, there's basically three main places that you can visit. And that is Wonsan, Mount Kumgang, and Kumgangsan, and Hamhung. So Wonsan, first off, um, has a seaport on the east coast of North Korea, and it's the capital of Kangwon province. Um, the government here has focused, like, investment on leisure facilities, um, over the recent years, um, and, um, it's a big tourist destination within North Korea. The North Koreans love to go there. It's also the home of the Wonsan Kalma Resort, which you may have heard of in, um, in the media. It's currently under construction or kind of finished. And, um, it's got North Korea's second international airport, which is kind of open and also kind of not. Um, on the way to Wonsan or around the Wonsan area, you can also visit the Masikryong Ski Resort, which is home to, um, obviously a ski resort and a super good hotel, um, as well as you can visit a university here. There's an international children's camp, which is very interesting. And then you've got the Mangyongbong 92, which is a big ship that used to sail between North Korea and Japan. Very interesting. And you can now go on there. Very cool. Um, Mount Kumgang, Kumgangsan is like a must-see for any foreign tourist visiting Kangwon province. Um, around the Wonsan area. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous, like, um, mountain range. Absolutely beautiful. Um, the Mount Kumgang area is, so we've gone, like, very northeast and south now. So, like, we are pretty much almost on the border of North Korea, of North and South Korea in Mount Kumgang. It was, like, the center for inter-Korean cooperation for many years, um, as it was the only area in North Korea which was accessible to South Korean tourists. So there was a period where South Korean tourists could actually enter North Korea to this area. Unfortunately, this is not permitted anymore, and um, a lot of the South Korean-made stuff has now been demolished, which is a massive shame. Um, but nevertheless, you can still enjoy hiking and go to the spa there. It's just absolutely gorgeous mountain range. I've got tons of pictures of Mount Kumgang on my Instagram, so have a look. 
Next up is um, still in the Wonsan northeast area is um, Hamhung. So that is the industrial center of North Korea. It's the second biggest city um, in Hamhung. You can visit uh, various things, um, a chemical fertilizer plant uh, and random stuff. <laughs> um, and then you can also um, stay on the beach, like um, in these beach huts, uh, beach houses. It's actually really, really nice. Um, you can enjoy barbecues on the beach. It's a really cool experience. Um, and really nice and just, you know, another city to explore. If you're around that area, would definitely recommend it. Now let's go from the southeast um, and the east coast to the west uh, as we explore the southwest, which I am going to include as Nampo, Sariwon and Heju. Nampo is my favourite. If you've ever heard me speak about my favourite place to visit in North Korea, you might have heard me say Nampo. And that's basically because, not because it's like gorgeous mountains, stuff like that, but just because of the whole experience in general. So if we're talking about like gorgeous mountains and hiking and stuff and like really stunning places, I would say Chilbosan, which we are going to talk about in a minute. But Nampo is my favorite because it's a nice day trip or a quick over, quick stopover from Pyongyang. Um, to be honest, I just really like it for its vibes. Like, it's got chilled vibes. Um, the guides love going there, which, you know, obviously makes everyone really nice and relaxed. And we always have such fun in the hotel when we stay there. It's like basically this hot spa resort. Um, and you know what? I was looking to make, like, some kind of vlog or put some pictures together of this hot spa resort. Um... Because, um, you know, it as my favorite place to stay, right? So I, I was looking for some content to see if, like, what I had. And I realized I had literally, like, no one single photo or video from Nampo apart from the petrol can barbecue. I'll speak about that in a minute. But basically because, like, I always treat that as my, like, time to chill, you know? <laughs> um, so I never really take many photos and videos there. I just love it. Um, basically, Nampo is um, this seaside town um, on the southwest coast. Um, you can go to the beach. You can go to the West Sea Bar... Va yeah, West Sea Barrage, visit Sparkling Water Factory, um, and then in the evening you stay at this hot spa resort, you have like a petrol cam barbecue, which is literally like you get fresh clams um, that have been collected that day, you arrange them on a stone um, around in like a spiral formation, and then like put petrol onto it and set them alight and then um eat them with a lot of soju um you have to have them with soju because otherwise uh yeah i think the soju helps you to not get ill from that so <laughs> anyway it's a really nice experience really good fun um and then also you have the natural like hot spa water each in your own hotel rooms as well as um there's also like a swimming pool there it's very cool um retro hasn't been renovated since like the 70s or 80s uh, very very cool experience Sariwon is most often visited on the way back from the DMZ. Um, it serves as the provincial seat of North Hwanghae province and is a major center for North Korea's agriculture industry. Um, here you can visit the folk park. You can see Makali grandma and grandpa. Honestly, like if there's two people that I really miss in North Korea, these definitely come near the top. Um, Sariwon in general is just like this, you know, this really chilled out, nice little city. Um, it's just another city to explore. There's not too much to do, but um, you can visit this folk park, which like you can climb to the top um, and it gives some nice views over Sariwon. You can try on some um, traditional Korean clothes and then also meet grandma and grandpa who make their own makgeolli and then sell it. Um, it's really, really good if you've never had makgeolli before. It's basically, I don't know, someone named it as fight milk before. <laughs> it looks like milk. It's kind of 
fizzy fermented rice, basically. Um, when you look at it, it looks like fizzy milk, which, you know, can put off anyone, but it's not. It's great. Um, and they make it themselves, um, so it's really cute. They're also absolutely lovely people, and um, one time I had the great pleasure of meeting their daughter and then also their daughter's son. Um, so it's really beautiful to have those three generations there. And I really, really hope that they're still there when I finally get back. Honestly, beautiful people. Um, so that's in Sadiwan. And then Heiju as well. Heiju typically isn't on itineraries, but it's also possible to visit. Um, it's situated like 90 kilometers north of the DMZ, like at the demarcation line, dividing south and north. So um, it's considered like a frontline city. Um, there you can visit a farm and a hall. You don't really usually typically go there on a tourist itinerary, but it is available to visit as well. Next up, we are going to the northwest. Um, so the northwest includes Pyongsong, Hochang, how do I say that? Hochang, Mount Myohyong, Anju, Sinuiju, Weiju, and Dongrim. Um, I'm not going to go over them all. Um, there's tons of places, but basically these are like the main cities that you can visit um, in this area. Um, Mount Myohyang um, is Mount Myohyang is probably one of the most typical here on this itinerary. It's a really nice place to stay. Actually, it's um, it's um, North Korea's seven-star hotel. <laughs> so random. Uh, I don't know if it's actually seven stars, but, like, that's a thing that they say, I guess. Um, it's in the mountains. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, so I didn't say before, but, um, Kumgangsan is one of North Korea's five famous mountains. Um, Myohyang, Mount Myohyang, um, is also one of these five famous mountains. You can go for um, hiking around here. You can visit the International Friendship Exhibition House, which is basically an exhibition house where um, they house all of the gifts that have been given to um, Kim Il-sung, Kim Jong-il, Kim Jong-un over the years. Um, it's an incredibly grand building in the middle of the mountains. Like, it's uh, you can't take pictures inside, which is such a shame, but, like, the building is incredible, um, and you can see some pretty cool, pretty odd, pretty spectacular gifts in there as well. Um, Pyongsong is a satellite city of Pyongyang and is the seat of the provisional government for South Pyongan province. It was originally built as a center for science and technology. Um, there you've got a factory, a revolutionary site, and a school to visit. You can chat with the students. Um, sometimes you can stay here. It's like, you know, it's only a 40-minute journey away from Pyongyang. So it's a great option if Pyongyang is too full. Yes, it does happen. Um, all of the tourist hotels can get too full, um, especially on things like the Pyongyang Marathon or like a big holiday. Um, sometimes there's nowhere to stay, so you have to stay in Pyongsong, and it's just, you know, a really nice little different place to stay. It's absolutely fine. And now let's head up to the northeast. So, the northeast is a very cool place to visit. Uh, I've only been there one time, and I would love to go again. Um, it is the least visited area of North Korea easily, um, and that's for many reasons. I think it's kind of a little bit more sensitive up there. Um, it's also, you know, it's hard to get to. Um, with most things in um, around the East Coast and the West Coast, you can drive there from Pyongyang, but I guess, like, like if you look at a map of North Korea, like, it's it's big, like, it's massive, um, and so when you're in Pyongyang, you can easily go east and west and south, but going up north, like, it goes up north quite a lot, the country, right, um, and uh, so these areas can be harder to get to. You can get a train all the way up to the north and to the northeast, but um, 
it takes a long time, it's unreliable, like, and by a long time I mean days. Um, so you're gonna want to fly up there, which may is another reason for it being so least visited, because you either have to get, like, a normal internal flight, which is possible. Um, and in episode 10, I will chat to Greg about um, air choreo and about the um, getting an internal flight and stuff. I've also done it um, a couple of times, but Greg's the expert on that. So we'll chat about that. But um, in order to get up there, you need to either take like an, uh, a normal flight, like get on a, uh, get on a flight, which, you know, they, they can also get canceled and stuff like that. Um, or you um, charter a flight. <clears throat> And Corio tours do that sometimes. They charter a flight up to the northeast, um, and because it's a charter flight, there are not many tours. Um, I think we only do like two or three tours annually to the northeast. I want to do them way more because I think they're amazing. Um, really, really interesting. Gives a totally different view on North Korea, um, and just, just gorgeous. Um, so the places that you can visit up there are Chongjin, Mount Chilbo, Chilbosan, Dasan, Heryong, Kyongsong, and Mount Pekdu. So um, for those of you who have listened to me talk about North Korea before, you probably might know that Rasan is the first um, place I ever visited in North Korea. I actually never went to Pyongyang in the first place. I actually entered the northeast through um, the north of China, through um, a near kind of Yenji. And um, so I, I only went to Rason. And Rason is a very cool place. It's a special economic zone. It's very unique. It's very different from the rest of North Korea. Um, you can visit a market there, which is just something that um, you can't do in a lot of places in North Korea. Uh, it's the only market that you can visit in North Korea, like local market. Um, so it's a very cool place. It's very chill. Like there's not too much to do there. Um, I won't go into too much detail. But then we've got um, Chongjin. Chongjin is known as the city of being the center of, for heavy industry. Um, you can visit the e library, ride a trolley bus, um, and it's also the provincial capital for North Hamgyong Province. Mount Chilbo is one of my favorite places, Chilbosan. So another one of the famous five mountains in North Korea. You can stay in a homestay there, which is a very cool experience. You can enjoy Chilbosan mushrooms, which are famous throughout North Korea. Um, it's just a completely different part of the DPRK. Like, it used to be way more strict. Um, you know, you you used to not be able to take photos outside the bus, um, stuff like that. But now, that I mean, last time when I went in 2019, they were super chill, um, could take photos of everything it's you know you're not in Pyongyang you're far away from like all of the frequently visited tourist areas so the local people they're not used to seeing you and you also just see things like you know it feels much more countryside-y like you've got um people on like motorbikes that look like they're from the 80s and then um you know roads that are a bit like you know, a bit worse for wear. Um, but then you've also got like incredible landscapes. You've got the beach, um, you've got the, um, so in Chilbo, it's like on the northeast coast, but like north, north, northeast. Um, you've got the beach, incredible beach um, that you can swim in. Very, very cold though, but you can go in summer. Um, and just seeing Mount Chilbo, like it's one of the best hikes that I've ever been on in my life. And I don't just say that because, I don't say that because it's North Korea. Like, it's gorgeous. You've got incredible, beautiful peaks um, that go on, the mountain range stretches on for miles and miles and miles and miles and miles. And then in the background, you've got, you know, beautiful ocean. 
And the best part of it, arguably, is that no one else is there. No other tourists. It's just you. And like, when you go on this hike in Mount Chilwell, it's one path, so you can't get lost. So everyone's just going at their own pace. Maybe it takes you a few hours, but like, you can just be like alone in the mountains, you know? Like, as long as you don't stray off down a random path, you know, like a, into the woods, um, which I really wouldn't recommend on any hike, um, you know, it's just a really nice, peaceful experience. And um, I've got some photos on Instagram. I'd really recommend having a look or having a look on Google because it's it's just gorgeous. And I've only ever been once. I would love to go again. So Haerdeong, and just touch on that briefly, it's the birthplace of Kim Jong-suk, who is the first wife of President Kim Il-sung and the mother of General Kim Jong-il. She's known as, you know, like the mother of the DPRK. Um, you can visit a few revolutionary sites here, like, for example, the house where she was brought up. In Kyongsong, um, it's reno renowned for its hot spas, um, which is really nice after a day of hiking through um, Chilbozan or a day walking around Chongjin. You can um, like visit Kyongsong in between um, and have a you know have a have a little explore. Mount Paekdu, of course, is another one of the famous five peaks in North Korea. The city around it is called Samjiyon, um, and, um, you know, there's not too much there, but you can have a bit of an explore. No place is more sacred on the whole Korean peninsula um, than uh, Mount Paekdu. It's, it's a place of, um, you know, the, the North Koreans revere it as, you know, the area where Kim Il-sung was, was born or whatever, you know, there's tons of, like, mythology around that I guess. I won't go into that now but you know you can have a read up on that. Um, it's a really sacred place but it's also a really sacred place for the South Koreans as well um, and so um, it, it actually borders, obviously it has a border with China so you can visit it from the China side um, but it's a very different experience. In the middle of Mount Pegdu is a lake, Lake Chon, um, and it's just, oh, it's a fabulous, beautiful place. If you manage to get good weather, you can see for miles around and just see down into the lake. I was so lucky. The, the, the time that I went there and the only time that I went there, the weather was perfect, like literally not a cloud in the sky, which is really, really rare for um, the Pegdusan area because you're really high up and obviously the weather can be quite quite changeable. Um, usually it's very cloudy, so I was so lucky. I hate myself for not taking a video and doing vlogs whilst I was there, but I hadn't yet. When I did this mega tour, it was in summer 2019, I hadn't yet started the whole like social media vlogging thing, so man, I need to do that tour again. But yeah, amazing. Um, the Samjion Pegtusan area as well is also of great revolutionary importance. Um, it was the site um, closely related basically to the anti-Japanese guerrilla army, which was led by Kim Il-sung. Um, there's a secret camp there, stuff like that. Um, very, very cool. If you do get a chance to visit Mount Pegtu, um, then, um, then definitely go for it. It's historically very interesting, it's culturally very interesting, and it's just gorgeous very, very cool. We'll do a whole, um, you know, uh, episode on that. And that, I think, basically concludes it. I know I, it sounds like I kind of, um, rushed through that, and that's basically because I wanted to cover all of the main areas, name drop all of the main areas at least, so that, um, you have a kind of, um, overview of the places where you can visit in North Korea. I think mainly because most people think that you can just visit Pyongyang and I just want to highlight the fact that like, you know, you really can't, um, 
you really can't visit all of the places in just one tour because there's so much to see. And I mean, I just basically named some um, areas, provinces and cities and stuff like that. But within those, I'll do whole, whole episodes on these areas. So, um, you know, there, there really is so much to do um, and something for everyone as well, whether you like hiking, whether you like um, plane journeys, whether you like revolutionary sites, whether you like um, spas, stuff like that. You know, um, a tour to North Korea is not just for the sake of going to North Korea. Actually, it has a lot to offer. So, like I said at the beginning, this topic was inspired by one of your questions. What tour do you recommend once it's opened? And hopefully, um, listening to this has kind of inspired you a little bit on that because I don't want to answer this question for you. What tour you go on to North Korea depends on, you know, personal preferences and also personal requirements, right? How long can you stay? How much can you afford? You know, like, um, what kind of things you want to see? Do you just want to stay in the city? Do you want to do some hiking? Do you want to go northeast, southwest? Um, have you got time to take an internal flight? Have you got money to take an internal flight? Um, you know, do you want to do any specialized things? Did you want to visit a golf course? Blah, blah, blah. Like, all these things, um, you know, on group tours, you can also have the option to add like one extra private day. So for example, if you wanted to go on a group tour, then you could say like, hey, I want to stay an extra day because there's actually some things that I want to see. Or like you could go on a tour to Pyongyang and be like, hey, actually, I want to do some skiing. Okay. So like maybe if you go in February, you could be like, all right, well, I'm just staying like two nights in Pyongyang, but then also I want to add on like going skiing. So you can stay skiing for one night, um, that kind of thing. So, you know, always just like ask your tour company, ask Choreo Tour, send them an email um you can email them on info at choreogroup.com um and you you know it's not too early to start planning those itineraries we're still alive we're still chatting to you guys and um, we still have a lot of queries on the north korea tours it's not yet open and it probably won't be this year it might hopefully be next year let's cross our fingers um you know who knows it could even open by the, by the end of this year but um you know, just just start planning things because once things open, yeah, then then it's gonna be full on. You know, we're we're gonna be taking a lot of people, um, including me, hopefully a few times. <laughs> I'm so excited to go back. Anyway, um, that concludes this part of the episode. I wanted to conclude with um, a couple of questions that um, you guys have sent in. Actually, this is sent in by one of my patron, Charles. Um, so I want to answer a couple of his questions um, before we can conclude. So um, question one, what are the places that you would like to visit in the DPRK? So I don't know with this one if you mean like what are the places that I would like to visit that I haven't been to yet or like what are my favorite places to visit, like what I like to visit. I think I've covered a lot in this episode, like the kind of places that I really like. Um, for example, I just really like Nampo, um, cool vibe. Um, I personally really like hiking, so I love going to Mount Kumgang, Kumgang San, and also Chilbo, Chilbo San. Um, like I said before, they're just, oh, just mind-blowing, gorgeous places. Um, so I really like going there, but because for me, like, North Korea is all about, like, people and the country. It's not about the history and the politics and stuff like that. Like, I really like people and places. So, you know, I do this in normal life as well. Like my ideal is like, I go and work in coffee shops and stuff like that. So I just love going to coffee shops or bars and just like sitting back and watching everyone and you're just like soaking in the atmosphere, soaking in the vibe. Um, so those are the places that I really like to go to in North Korea. Like 
just normal places that people go to, going to the spa, going to the water park, um, getting my hair cut, uh, random stuff like that that is really not exciting. Um, and But this is not limited to North Korea, I have to say. Like, when I go to other countries, like, museums and art galleries are not first on my list unless they are culturally relevant, like, unless or historically as well, because I think learning in context is good. But generally, like, I will spend a lot of my time just walking around, um, doing things that, like, the North Koreans do. I'm interested in that. And I don't know if you meant, like, um, somewhere that I would like to visit um, that I haven't already, but in terms of that, um, I it's not a specific place, but I would really, really, really like to travel by train all across the country. Like, I find that really interesting, um, just doing, like, a full train tour, because I really like trains and travel and that feeds into the whole like what I was just saying about just chilling and doing getting in with the vibe you know hanging out with the local people and also like um just on the train you can like chill out with people have some interesting conversations um you know have some soju and and dinner together and stuff so I don't mind that it takes like a few days on a train um but that's something that I really like to do that I haven't had the opportunity to do yet and second question was, what are the places that could not be visited in the DPRK but that you believe it is reasonably foreseeable that could be visited in the DPRK in the next five to ten years? Okay, um, so there is one province, honestly, I forgot the name of it. There is one province in North Korea that foreigners cannot yet visit. Um, all other provinces are open to foreigners. However, um, Chinese people can visit this province. It's on the west um it borders china um and basically you can't like chinese people can visit this province and that opened in 2019 and i'm really bad for not knowing the name of it but hey um 2019 it opened to chinese people and now i think it only opened to chinese people because basically the border facility only has the ability to process chinese visas it doesn't have the process to um it doesn't have the ability to process like foreign passports and stuff so that's the only reason it's limited to Chinese people so I guess um you know within the foreseeable future if not already um that will open to foreign tourists um and otherwise you know let's remain hopeful that maybe the the market in Pyongyang that could open up um and also you know like I was working on so many cool things um that were gonna happen in 2020 um the country is constantly opening up to more and more tourism and I think it's reasonable to say you know in the next five to ten years who knows like maybe we could even walk around by ourselves in North Korea um visit like tons and tons of places I'd love to do things like a camping tour motorbike tour stuff like that like actually a camping tour is totally possible I was chatting about it with my colleagues and like we were trying to create it but like the thing is is it'd still be really expensive and like you've got to think about where you're going to provide the tents are we going to buy all the tents and then having to bring them into North Korea like you know these things are possible but logistically it's just a bit tricky they take time but um yeah there's there's chance for a lot to happen over the next five or ten years and I I'm really excited for where the North Korea tourism industry is going to go it's it's only been getting you know more less and less strict um and I think um you know potentially by 10 years um yeah let's let's see about walking around by ourselves um you know having more flexibility um in itineraries and stuff like that would be cool very exciting stuff um, so thank you for your questions, Charles. And if you have any other questions, then do send them in on zoediscovers at gmail.com. Um, 
If you're interested in supporting this uh, podcast and supporting all my social media channels and stuff, then you, like Charles, can become a patron. If you visit patreon.com forward slash Zoe Discovers, I am there. You can just type that into Google as well, Patreon Zoe Discovers, you will find me. Um, I really appreciate um, everyone who supports me on Patreon because genuinely creating these podcasts and all the videos and everything like that it would not be possible. And I, you know, without you and without your support. And I say that because like, you know, one, it shows me support that you, that there are some people that really like this and really listen to this. So like, you've got the moral support. Um, and then two, obviously like monetarily, it does help me out a lot because things like this, they take a lot of time and it's, it's all time that I can spend otherwise doing work, which, you know, I need to make money somehow. So, um, yeah. So yeah. Um, thank you very much. And if you do want to consider becoming a patron if you've got a few pennies to share then um go for it if not then you can just send me a message so in showing your moral support for the podcast for the channel um and mainly also give this podcast a like and a rating and stuff like that i really appreciate it it's still a new podcast we're only on episode seven um so anything like that is much appreciated and that about concludes today. Um, just to go over those uh, places where you can contact me again, you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, at Zoe Discovers or at Zoe Discovers NK. Email me with your questions, guest recommendations, anything that you want, just a chat on zoediscovers at gmail.com. And I hope that you tune in next week. Thank you very much for listening.